Good morning. It's good to be with you. It's good to have you here this morning. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, it's good to kick off this series, which is a new series. We're uh, beginning for four weeks during the month of September uh, called Allowed to Journey, which the video just talked about. Now, here's the deal. Because of who God is, the God we just sang to, the God that you serve this week, because of who God is, he invites you on your own unique spiritual journey. Because you have passions and a narrative and a history, because you have spiritual gifts, because you have a certain temperament, you get to have your own spiritual journey. And it, Jesus did this with his disciples, right? He, he invited Peter and John and Nicodemus and Mary Magdalene and Aquila and Priscilla. He invited a lot of people to come follow him. And they followed him differently because of who they were. And so just like the video said, uh, because that's who God is, and it's a beautiful thing, we need to mirror that and understand my journey of a spiritual journey of following Christ is going to be different than my wife's. It's going to be different than my children. And I need to let them have their own, especially your children when they're teenagers and young adults. They have to have their journey and it's going to look different than yours. And in some ways it's going to frustrate you. It's okay. Each journey of faith involves so many things like complexity and mystery and uncertainty and doubt Faith, obedience, surrender, surprise, lots of sin, brokenness, celebration, mystery, questions. I mean, there's so much. Everyone gets to have their own journey because God lets people, we need to let them too. Sometimes I'll uh, meet neighbors or friends or someone at the coffee shop and we'll start talking and they'll want to know what I do. And I say, well, I'm on staff at a church or I was before I retired. And they'll say this. Dave, I'm not a Christian, but I'm a spiritual person. And I say, okay, that's good. Let's talk about your spiritual life. What are you learning spiritually? Where are you, where are you headed spiritually? What concepts are you learning? And do you think there's a higher power? When someone says, I'm not a Christian, it's not a problem. Let's just like zero in on what their spiritual journey is at that point. So this month we're excited about this series for four weeks. And uh, the key question is, if I figure out where I am in my journey, it might help me know what the next step is. Years back we had a task force. Well, we had several. Uh, year after year, month after month, for uh, quite a while. And we were asking the question, how do adults who are following Christ, actually grow in their faith? How do they get better at following Jesus? And we're asking ourselves, and what is the church supposed to do? How does it actually work? Not how it traditionally works or how our history was, but how does it work? And, um, I mean, we read 20 books. We uh, talked and talked and talked. And we actually designed a process that I'm going to show you. We have a slinky uh, slide here, a six-stage process that we believe people in our congregation, in our seats, are in one of these six stages of faith. We believe everybody's in one. In fact, some of us are in two and three. I was joking the last service. I said, I think I'm in two and a half stages right now. And so we're going to talk about this, but before we dive into these stages of faith and how this actually works, 
um, I want to tell you uh, some of the verses in the Bible that it comes from. So uh, when I taught at the picnic uh, and on vision, I had been just reading 2 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5, chapters 3, 4, and 5, over and over again. And after I finished the vision teaching, then I realized that 2 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5 tells us a lot about our spiritual journeys. And so let me just show you some of the verses in there. Uh, verse 3 of uh, chapter 3. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but tablets of human hearts. What does that tell us about our journey? It tells us that the spirit of the living God leads us on our journey. That's why it's unique. And that our journey is not so much about what's outwardly, but it's about our heart. It's about our heart. So that, that's, it impacts, it's about our heart and it impacts the hearts of others. Verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars of clay is like the human body. It's a metaphor in the Bible. It's a, your human body. So we have this, this treasure in the human body to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. So the whole source of the journey is God. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Again, God leads us, and we live the journey in jars of clay. And there will be hard and difficult times. There will be stages in the faith that are harder than others. But we're, we're hard-pressed, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned or alone, struck down, but not destroyed. But God will be with us as we live through the stages. Verse 16 of chapter 4, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed. Day by day. We don't lose heart. Our bodies are getting older, the verse says. Wasting away. I mean, I, I really feel that at my age. At the end of a busy day, like I'm crawling into bed, I'm going, man, I feel old. Or I get up in the morning and I'm trying to like stretch out. And I go, whoa, I didn't feel like this when I was 20. Uh, some of you can identify with this. And some of you are still 20. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, uh, inside, though, we can be stronger, renewed. We're being renewed inwardly. So, when you're 60 or 80, 50, you may not have the passion or the enthusiasm or the physical fitness that you had at 20, but inside, as a follower of Christ, you ought to be more mature. You ought to be more kind. You ought to be more uh, patient. The fruit of the Spirit ought to be stronger in you at 60 than it was in you at 30, right? That's a part of the journey. The longer we follow Jesus well, the stronger we get on the inside. Okay, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So I'm on this journey of faith, and it has stages. And Christ makes me a new and different person. I'm a different person than I was at 30. You're a different person than you were 10 years ago. You're on this journey. And he helps you be a different person, a new, uh, new way of seeing the world. And again, more patience, joy, gratitude. And the last verse I want to bring, Galatians 
I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, again, in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. It's a journey of the heart lived through the body. And we're talking about is a journey that's energized by God himself, by the Spirit of God. So each of us is allowed our journey. God's with us on the journey. God's energizing the journey. And the question is, where are you in your journey right now? We have a, a more complicated slide picture. Um, uh, stages of faith. Again, this came from the task force. And uh, I put it up here so that if you actually want to get a picture of this, you could go on our website, pull up my teaching, and uh, you know, take a shot of this, screenshot. Or if you want, you can pick up a hard copy of this at the information center right outside in the atrium um, after the service. And uh, last service, they picked up everyone we had. We had a, and they picked them all up. So we made more uh, just for you. Um, the thing about, I'm not going to cover all the notes that are on here. I'm going to tell some stories and try to make it come alive. But um, before we uh, uh, get to the specific stages, there's uh, three things I need you to know about this whole process of stages. One, you can be in more than one stage at a time. You might say, hey, I think I'm in stage one and five. I think I'm in stage uh, two and three. It's, it's okay. There's no rules, right? Whenever you try to put how God's working in the world in a box, he's going to explode out of it. You know, God is a God of mystery. So, we, we, I mean, this is to learn from, right? Uh, but it doesn't put God in any kind of box. And the second thing, um, it's a slinky instead of a wheel. It's like you don't go around it once in your lifetime. It's like you go around it over and over and over again. And I'm going to talk about that, how that would work. And uh, this is not prescriptive. In other words, you're trying to race from stage two to three so you can be more mature. No, it's not that at all. It's simply uh, descriptive in that maybe it would help you realize where you are in your faith right now. Stage one is not actually uh, better than stage five. I mean, stage five is not actually better than stage one. It's just wherever you are, that's where you are. And it's perfectly okay. And so um, we're going to go back to the simpler slide, the slinky. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to walk us through this. First, how it works as a whole, and then we'll focus on each stage for a little bit. So um, let me uh, focus on how it works as a whole. Uh, stage one is a recognition of God. That's really where you first come to Christ. The first time you're in stage one, you're probably, well, no, our kids are probably in stage one right now when they're in kids' ministry, and they're learning who God is. And where God is. They're learning stage one, fill in the blank parts, right? Which is why we have kids ministry. So that they can start learning the fundamentals of filling in the blanks. So that they can one day, age appropriately, give all that they know of themselves to all that they know of Jesus. Now when I did this in camp, uh, uh, you know I, I was a middle schooler or so. Uh, my counselor said... Uh, three words is all you need to know about following Jesus. And I still know the three words. Um, it's sin, salvation, and service. And he said, 
We're just all broken. We're all filled with sin. We're just sinful. And we have a Savior possible, right? Jesus came as a Savior. He died on the cross. Sin, salvation. You can have salvation in Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. And then, once you do that, the third word is service. So I actually gave my heart, gave all that I knew of myself to all that I know of God with three words, sin, salvation, service. Well, then, like months later, years later, somebody said there was a Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit? I know God, I know Jesus. I've never really thought about the Holy Spirit. And I had to go back in stage one and go, whoa, who is the Holy Spirit? How does this work? Right? And then years and years later, um, somebody said, uh, you know, God created you with a sweet spot. That your passions and your talents, they all line up so there's a really good place for you to serve him. Sweet spot? Never heard of that. I better go back to stage one and fill in some more blanks. Right? And then uh, we went through uh, uh, what I called in 2002, 2003, in this church, kind of a train wreck where everything went wrong. People were distraught. People, a hundred people left, all this. And I was leading at that time, and so I become a target. And I had to go to the dock at George Wythe Lake and surrender. Some of you, many of you have heard this story. I just surrender to God. It's your church. It's, I'm your servant. I didn't want to be a pastor anyway. I mean, all this stuff, right? Just surrendering. And as soon as I start to turn around, I'd have it back in my hands. So I'd, I literally, fishermen were out there going, what's this weird dude doing on the dock? Um, I had to learn surrender. So I had to go back to that stage and learn whole new things I didn't know as a follower of Christ. Actually, after that, 05, 06, 07, I started like doing some traveling. Other churches would go through train wrecks, and they would hear what I had to say, and they would call me in, and I would teach on surrender. And so I got to thinking I was an expert on surrender. And then 2015... Three of our family members were killed on a highway in Florida. And literally, I'm driving to Florida to be with my daughter-in-law and granddaughter. And one of the things that happened in the car, the 20 hours on the way there, was I had the thought, I know nothing about this kind of surrender. I know nothing about this. Do you see how you have to go back to stage one and relearn over and over again? Just the simple content of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. So some of you might be in, your, in stage one right now. There's something new about following Jesus. You're learning. Right? Stage two. The biblical um, way, some of you have been taught in traditional churches, the biblical word for this is stage one is I come to Christ as Savior. Stage two, I come to Christ as Lord leader, boss. Stage two is I start to learn that I'm not meant to be at the driving, at the steering wheel of my life. That's the place for Christ to be at the steering wheel of my life. He's the one that should drive my life. And for some of us, that's a battle for years, years and years, maybe a lifetime battle. 
It's like I have to keep taking myself off the throne of my life and keep putting Jesus on the throne of my life, right? Stage two, life of discipleship. Shifting my allegiance from me to God. Stage three. Stage three is a fun one. It's like once you shift your allegiance to Jesus and then he points out things you might do. Maybe you should be, uh, you know, up in the worship band. I mean, I've given you gifts and talents and you're musical. Maybe you should be up there. Or maybe you should be a greeter at the door. Maybe you should be holding babies. Or maybe you should be taking cookies to your neighbor. Or maybe you ought to be more positive at work. And God starts to help us move towards productivity. It's called the productive life, serving in my sweet spot. And some of us... and. It's so fun to discover what I am and what I'm not. Some of you, if you took Brenna up on her announcement, kindergartners through fifth grade, walking into that room, that would be hell. Some of you would go, I think I'm made for this. And if you're not made for this, maybe you're made to be on the, on the camera. Maybe you're made to do some computer work for us. Maybe you're made, you know, I, I don't know, to sit with a small chaos, junior high, middle school, uh, small group. Maybe that's what you were made for. But it's fun to learn what you're made for. And then stage four. Everything's going well and you're doing your deal. And then you hit a spiritual wall and you get knocked on your spiritual butt. Some of you are right there right now. And when you get knocked on your spiritual butt after hitting the spiritual wall, you re-ask, one of the things, that, a lot of things happen. One of the things that happens is you re-ask the questions that you think you already answered in stage one. So after leading the church for a long time, our family's killed on the highway in Florida. I'm driving, and you know one of the questions I'm thinking about? God, are you even real? Wait, how can you lead a church all these years and be following Jesus for 40 years and all of a sudden you're asking the question, God, are you even real? That's what happens when you hit the wall and you get knocked on your spiritual butt. And then I ask myself the question, do you even love me? Or did you love Ben, Charlie, and Bailey who were just killed? Now, when you come out of stage four, you've answered the questions more deeply. And you're stronger. Are you asking some questions again? You're not losing your faith. I mean, the Apostle Paul, he talks about this all the time in the New Testament. He says, I was beat, I was thrown in prison. And what does he say? He says, for me to live is Christ, and if I'm going to die, it's Christ. He said, I'm getting this tougher, I'm getting this stronger and deeper because of the hard times. Some of you, it's amazing, after the last service, how many people told me in the lobby, right now they're in a hard time. The number one phase people wanted to talk to me after the last service was this stage five. 
We're in a hard time. You're not losing your faith. God is using this time to drive it deeper. And if you're not in it, rejoice. I mean, if you're in stage three, and like things are rosy, and you're on a mountaintop, and just enjoy it. Because Jesus says, in this world, you will, at some point, have trouble. But rejoice, for I've overcome the world. Stage six, uh, stage five. Uh, This is that journey outward again. Now, after you hit that spiritual wall, and then uh, you get deeper, and you might never be the same person you were before you hit it, but you're a new person, and then you start to serve your neighbor, your family, your church, you have a much clearer motivation. You're not on stage singing because you love music or you like to be up front or you like to learn the new songs or even you want to serve the congregation. You're up here for one reason. It's for Jesus. Because he's the answer to every important question in life. If you're holding babies, it's not because you like babies anymore in stage five. It's I actually come into this room to serve Jesus by holding babies. That's, That's a huge, deeper answer. I write a check. It's not because somebody thinks I should write a check or even... It's not because the church needs money. It's because... This is a gift to Jesus. Because he's the answer to all the questions there are. That's stage five. Uh, Stage six is um, in the journey. We have a class called The Journey, which is about learning about your journey. And if, if you think, man, I need to learn about my journey, I would say take the journey class. It's starting in a few weeks. Take it. Um. It's intense, but not this year they're trying a seven-week version, so uh, the journey. But at the end of the journey, you hit a thing that the theologians called convergence, which is your life just makes sense to you. It's like, these are the gifts and talents I have. This is the spouse I have. These are the children I have. This is the church I attend. My life makes sense. It's convergence. Stage one, recognition of God, coming to faith, learning new things. Stage two, receiving Jesus as Lord, putting him in the driver's seat, implementing the truths that I've learned in stage one, removing myself from the throne. Stage three, serving in my sweet spot, in the church, in my home, in my neighborhood, in my workplace, learning to serve in my sweet spot, learning to tie my passions to my gifts. So some of you might have a gift of like, um, you know, I'm administrative. I, I like details. I'm good at getting details done. But where should you do that? Well, it probably ties to your passions. Do you like kids and vacation Bible school? Do you like music? Do you like uh, worship services? You know, uh, serving in your sweet spot, stage four, hitting the wall, being knocked down. You come out of that with this journey inward, 
uh, hitting the wall is the journey inward. It's like you have to deeply answer the questions you think you've already answered. Then stage five. And you hit this over and over and over again. Stage six. I call it Mother Teresa. It's like, you just love well. And actually, if I wanted to get in an argument with you, I probably couldn't do it. Because you've got so much patience and kindness and love, you're probably not going to argue about stuff. You're going to say, Dave, I think you're having a bad day. Let me just encourage you. Right? That's who we're going to be in convergence. So, here's the deal. I don't know what stage you're in or what two and a half stages you're in. I, I don't know where you are. But hopefully, by taking a look at this chart, you could figure out where you are. And then once you figure out where you are, that might be a clue to, what's my next step in following Jesus? Maybe I need more information about something. Maybe I need to get off the throne of my life and uh, prayerfully say, Jesus, you take the steering wheel of my life. Maybe I got to find another sweet spot to serve in. Maybe I just need to tell somebody I'm in stage four and I'm flat on my butt right now and I'm just asking hard questions. And maybe it's five or six. Let me, um, let me pray. And uh, it's uh, thank you for listening as well as you have today. Thanks. Uh, let's pray. God, you are amazing and powerful And you are not afraid. So you let us have our journey. And in one way, all of our journeys are the same of following Jesus. And that's that he's the Lord. He's the leader of our lives. But the way he works is so different in each of our lives. Father, help us let people have their journey. Father, help us figure out where we are. Father, help us enjoy uh, the good times and fight through the difficulties. Help us worship you in these next couple songs. In Jesus' name, amen.